morning. I hope you are doing well today. I am super excited today to start a new series, and this is going to be a family series because one of the main purposes of Living Word is to actually build strong families. And regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what your family's been through, I just want to let you know, and I want to declare, and this is kind of the thesis for this whole series, that when you're building a strong family, it is possible. But the problem is it's not probable unless we are very intentional about having strong families. See, there are things that you know you hear and maybe because you're a parent or you're a student or whatever, and you wanna see your parent or your family be strong, that it has a purpose. And so I wanna give you some very practical things today that you can do, whether you're a parent or a student, in order to make that happen. Now, some of you, you may be single or uh, you may be a part of, the fa of a family. You know, maybe you don't live with them, maybe you've been out of the house for years. But look, everything that you're gonna learn in this series is actually gonna help you build a strong family even if your family doesn't live together anymore. And then there's those of you that one day you aspire to have your own family, get married, maybe have some children. And so you're gonna also find tools that you can put in your tool belt that will help you in the future. And then there's some of us that are empty nesters. You've already raised your children, they've grown up, moved out of the house. And so you're gonna find that a lot of the things that we talk about are still gonna apply to your family, even with your adult children. And to those of you that are empty nesters, now here's a big part of this, which is the things that we learn here. You're gonna recognize some of these things. Oh yeah, we did that well, or maybe we didn't do that as well as we should have. But here's one I wanna challenge you with is that you now have an amazing opportunity to in turn help and possibly mentor younger families. You know, whether that's a meetup or whether that's serving in the children's ministry and pouring into the hearts of children. You've got some life lessons that maybe in the next few weeks you recognize that you could pour into and invest into an area of a younger family where you build relationships with them and maybe trust in, you know, with them, where you could speak into their lives and help them, mentor them, coach them. And so the things that I'm gonna talk about during this series are some foundational things that families, if we can intentionally, and that's a key word, apply these within our families, we will be able to build strong families. But once again, the problem is, is that it's not probable that you're gonna have a strong family if you are not intentional about it. Because we live in a world that, it, you know, sometimes it messes up relationships and families, right? We look at relationships, we look at our relationships, maybe we look at the relationships that are being modeled in front of us, and some of them are good, but then some of them, they're bad. And then some of them are kind of really a touch ugly. So how do we learn to have a strong family that's built on healthy relationships? How do we find love and grace and mercy and forgiveness that works within our family today? And so our theme scripture for this series that we're starting today is Romans chapter 12. And in verse one and two, uh, this, this gives us the direction, you know, just the why and the how of really having strong families. So in Romans chapter 12, uh, and I'm gonna read from the message paraphrase, and it says, here's what I want you to do. God helping you, I, I love that part. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, your walking around life, 
You know, Romans is telling us that God can intervene in our everyday life, our home life, our social life, our everyday walking around life, that we can take that life and it says, and place it before God as an offering. What a great thing that we can take our lives, our families, and place it before God as an offering. And embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. And then it says, don't become so well-adjusted, and watch this, this is important. Don't be so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Wow. You know, sometimes we can just be on autopilot, right? And we can see relationships and marriage and friendships or, or different things that are happening around us, and we just automatically fall into autopilot without even thinking, is that the right way? Is, that God, is, is what happening God's way? Don't be so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. But instead, fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out. My friends, we live in a world that's a little bit crazy right now as it relates to relationships within families. So Romans comes alongside of us and just helps us to reset our relationships and our families. So the question is, how? How do we hit that refresh button? I mean, as it relates to marriage and parenting, you know, finances, or maybe even being a child in a family, because a lot of times you're dealing with physical people within your family, and they're difficult sometimes. And God's Word wants to teach us. And I think throughout this whole series, God is going to teach us how to maybe restart, how we can build strong families, how to do family God's way. And so what I'm going to talk with you about today is the foundation of all of that, and that is God's love. And there is no better place to start learning than at the origin of love, and that is God himself. He wants love to be at the core of your family. Watch this. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave. That's right. He gave his, own, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but, and, and so won't parent, perish, but will have eternal life. And so God is love. See, the whole origin of love is God. It's not something that we came up with. It's not something that we thought of. It's not something that we developed. If God came up with it, then we need to look to him for definition of it. We need to look to him to understand how to love within our families. How do we embrace God's love? How do we get a hold of it in the world that we live in today that is so often confused about love and it interchanges the word love and lust and love and me and what I need and love and convenience, love and compromise. So often, we can be in a relationship within a family where we, have, we all have different definitions of love. So how does love work within a world that is love broken? I mean, we live in that broken world. And the thing you've got to understand is that God is love. He is the author, the originator of love. So here's the whole idea is that choosing to believe and accepting Jesus and inviting him into our heart and then living for him, that actually gives us access to the love of God. We now get access to it. The Bible says it was shed abroad in our heart when we got it. We get it through Jesus. And, in, and as we give our life fully to him, we get access to it. 
And in 1 John 4, John wants to let people know. So how do you get this love on the inside of you? Because sometimes, to be honest, it's hard to love. We get frustrated, we get angry, there's pain involved. And sometimes we haven't learned this behavior of love in our homes. So how are we supposed to give something that sometimes we don't know anything about? And so 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 says, This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son that we might live through Him. And then it says, This is love. And then He explains it. Not that we have loved God, but He has loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's, that's John 3.16 again. And then he says, Dear friends, since God has so loved us, we ought to love it one another. Because God loved us, what he's saying is we can now relay that love. And then he's, and it says, Nobody has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God is in us and his love is made complete in us. And so we know and we rely on the love that God has for us. You see, we love because he first loved us. That's how you do it. You see, we can love because of his first. The only way that we have the capacity to love others, the difficult, our family, you know, the awkward, the hard, those that have hurt and wounded us and betrayed us sometimes, the only way that we can love them is because he first loved us and we have accepted that. You see, we can't give what we haven't already received. What's down in the heart of our life will actually overflow and come out. When it's in us, we can utilize it and we can invite it out and it's our soul, our, our life, that it fills up with God's love. And all we have to do at that point is overflow, just spill out to our family members, to other people. It can actually become natural to do that when we're really leaning into Him and filled with His love. But that's not natural. And it boils down to this is it. The secret to love, the secret of love, is being loved by God. So how do I fix my family? How do I love my spouse better? How do I love my children more? The secret is to be loved by God, to be so aware of that. See, our first step of love is not toward them. Our first step of love is toward God. There's always a difficult person to love, and, and maybe they're in your family. Hopefully it's not you. And see, regardless, people are hard to love sometimes. And our first step is not toward them. Our first step is toward Him and being aware of His love of us. And at that point, that will give us the ability, the tools that we can now overflow in a love of them. Because if we step toward them first, we'll be frustrated because we don't have that ability and that, and that capacity within ourselves. We love because, because He first loved us. So we got to tap into that first. 1 Corinthians 13, when, when you're talking about love, you can't not talk about 1 Corinthians 13. It's the love chapter. I performed a lot of weddings, and that's always, you know, the, re the reading at the, at the wedding. And it breaks down what God's love is all about, and it really helps us understand. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4, it's talking about God's agape, unconditional love. And it says love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy he does not boast. Let this sink in. These are so self-explanatory. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor other people. It is not self-seeking. That's key right there. It is not easily angered. Uh-oh. And it keeps no records 
of Rome. Now, you know, it's like, really, Micah? Come on. Did you, did, you know, Paul, did you really have to put that in there? I really like my list that I keep. You know, but it says love does not do that. Love doesn't delight in evil. It rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. It says that love never, love will never fail your family. See, God's love has to be at the core of everything because it never fails us. My love will come up short. Yours will. Our love sometimes gets depleted. It gets low. It gets impatient, irritated. But when I'm tapping into Jesus and I'm surrendering my life and I'm spending time with him and I'm letting him fill me up with his love, I'm recognizing his love, filling up that reservoir of love, that love never fails. So it boils down to this idea, you know, which I think is so true, is that the secret of love is first recognizing how much you're loved by God and then taking that love, letting it overflow and showing it to others. You see, building a strong family is when we learn to show God's love to each other. That's the foundation. So I'm going to give you some practical things today. I just want to help us, some how-tos, some, put some handles on this for us. Because what happens a lot of times is we say, well, yeah, well, you know, I didn't, I, I just, I, I don't love like everybody else. I, I didn't learn that growing up. I don't feel like loving other people. That's just not who I am. I'm not lovey. But what we got to realize is if you don't do it, somebody else is going to express love to those that are important to you. And so you, we want to give you some love handles. Put some handles on it. We're going to call it love handles. I'm going to give you some love handles today. So first one is this. Say it. It's very simple. Just say it. I love you. It's three words. You know, it's the three most important words in a relationship, in a family, is I love you. Now, I believe maybe the second most important words might be forgive me because anybody that you love greatly, you're going to have to forgive greatly. See, God so, so, God so loved that he gave, but he also forgave. But just to say it, those three most powerful words on the planet, I think they are I love you. And I'm talking about real love, not love that walks out, love that uses, love that abandons, love that says I love you but I, or I thought I loved you, but now I don't really... Don't know if I mean, meant it or if it's still there. I'm talking about real love, unconditional love. And I think that people need to hear it. I think your family needs to hear it. It's amazing the positive effect when those words are, uh, are just there in a family. And it's amazing the destructive effect that, a, that, a fan, that can happen within a family when those words are missing. I love you. Let's all say it together. I love you. I mean, say it a thousand times. You can't say it too much. Kids, say it to your parents. Teenagers, say it to your parents. They need to hear you. Parents, say it to your children. In fact, you know, it's sometimes it's, it's okay to say it to a friend. Now, I don't tell guys, I love you. Usually I kind of bro it up a little bit, you know, love you. So, but um, I was talking with a couple one time and she was saying, hey, he never tells me that he loves me. And he said, I said it once when we got married, and if anything changes, I'll let you know. Yeah, that's not, that's not what we're talking about. Stop. Reset. Say it. Say it a lot. Okay, so the second thing, write it. It's amazing when you put it down on paper or, or in text. Maybe you write a card. Did you know a card or a letter can, write a long, can last a long time? I keep, I keep meaningful cards for a long time. Or you could text somebody today that you just, that, hey, I love you. 
you know, text your family, your extended family, your immediate family, you know, text them, put emojis in there, big hearts. You know, I fought emojis at the beginning, but now I just gave in. I put emojis everywhere, thumbs up and hearts. And I sent my family some hearts the other day. You know, it's like just heart, 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 just five lines of hearts. Love you. So say it. You know, you can text your children in the middle of the day, connect with them. You know, hey, I thought about you today. I love you. You know, or I woke up today praying for you. Say it. Write it down. And then number three is give it. And this is very, very powerful. Look, did you know that some of the most meaningful gifts that I have in my life, they weren't expensive. They weren't big. They were small gifts. They were little things. But you know what a gift says when you give a gift to somebody? You know what it says to them? It says, you know, hey, as I was going through my day, my busy schedule, my work, my profession, you know, the tasks that I have, I stopped everything and I stopped at the store and I got you chocolate because I just wanted to stop my whole world and give you a gift that shows you that I love you. Maybe I stopped on the way home and just got supper for you. I knew that, you know, this is what you would like uh, or I pulled over to store, I bought you something, but you made me pause my life because I love you. The love that I have for you stopped me in my tracks and wanted you to know that I brought you lunch at school or I stopped by and picked up something that you like. You know, just something that says I love you. It's amazing how the small gift of giving will go a long way in actually bringing healing or strength to a family, to a relationship. It just says that you You're more important than my time and schedule. I love you so much that you interrupted my world. Because, see, God has brought them into your life, and they are your family, your brother, your sister, your mom, dad, your child, your spouse. So say it, give it, uh, or say it, write it, give it, and then forgive it. You know, we are never more like Jesus than than we forgive. People are difficult sometimes. You know, you might say, well, Mike, I'm not a person that forgives easier, you know, or, or very easy. And it's not easy for a lot of us. You know, when people hurt me, just to be honest with you, it's hard. But maybe my first step is not toward that person. Maybe my first step is toward him and he can empower me to forgive. And then the last one is this, live it. God help us to live a life of love to the people in our, in our family. You know, that we live that, li- that life of love to those that we love as we go, as we drive, as we stop, as, you know, as we come home and things are maybe not the way that you wanted them to be. That we live that love. We live it out. It's an action. Love is an action. You know, we're going to talk about the commitment of love next week, but I want to touch on it right now, that you have to live out love. If you just say it, just write it, if you give gifts and yet you don't walk in love toward your family, you can write it, you can say it, you can give gifts, and yet if those displays, those expressions of love don't line up with how you act toward them, then everybody in the, everybody in the family knows it's not real. That's why I love Romans 12, 15. This says, rejoice with those that rejoice. In other words, share in other people's joy, rejoice with them, but then it says, weep with those who weep that we're sharing in their griefs as well. Maybe you don't understand what they're going through. Maybe it doesn't make any sense to you. And maybe they're even wrong. But the Bible still says, weep with those who weep. That we are living in it, that we're walking in it. 
So my question to all of us today is imagine your family, specifically, walking in love, that you say it to each other, that you're maybe writing it or texting it to each other, that you're preferring each other in gifts and you're thinking about each other, putting them ahead of yourself, and you're forgiving each other, not because they deserve it, but because you were first forgiven. You see, the secret of love is simply being loved by God. So imagine your family just walking in love, that we've connected with the Father, with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And the Bible actually says that he has shed his love or he's put his love abroad in our heart. That means that when you gave your life to Christ, he put his love in your heart. It's not a question of if it's in there. The question is, can our families access that love and walk in it? So maybe you're sitting here today, you're watching, and your family's not loving. Maybe it's going to take you to break the cycle. Well, they don't deserve it, but maybe it takes you say it when they don't say it back, writing it when they don't write it back, forgiving when they don't forgive back. Maybe you can live it out in your family and break that cycle. You could be the one to actually break that chain. And look, it's between them and God if they walk in love, but imagine your family. You see, this is an environment. You're creating an environment in your family. It's intentional. There's, there's something intentional about building a strong family. And it is possible. It's very possible. But without intentionality, it's, I'm sorry, it's not probable. Most families are not strong. They don't have a purpose. They're just drifting along, trying to survive, trying not to kill each other, trying to stay married. Try, kids just trying to keep it together till they can get out of their house and away from the atmosphere. And look, that's not what you want. That's not what I want for my family. It's not about our feelings. It's about the obedience of loving others in our family. And so I just wanted to encourage you today. Love God and let him love you. Let God love you. Learn to receive God's love so that it can in turn overflow and you can love those in your family. I wanna go back to 1 Corinthians 13 and skip down to verse 13 and it says, now these three remain, faith, and we are people of faith, hope, and we do have hope, we pursue hope, and love. And then it says this, but the greatest of these is love. So I wanna challenge you this week. We got Valentine's coming up this Sunday, this coming Sunday, don't wait till Valentine's Day. I wanna encourage you this week, the greatest of these is love. And the secret of love is being loved by God. So plug into him this week. Let that love overflow. Be intentional about building strong families with a foundation of love. Let's pray together. Father, I love you so very much. And I thank you for intentional families. God, I thank you for intentional families that are becoming strong and ministry-minded, that they're loving each other uh, through any kind of pain or hurt, that they're breaking cycles within their immediate family, that they're breaking cycles within their extended family. God, that we are an example to the world, that we are a light to the world, that we are salt to the world. God, I thank you that you are working in our hearts. We know that if we just leave our families to be, that it's not probable that they're going to be strong. But we commit to be intentional about building strong families. And we are intentional about allowing you to love us and just filling ourselves up with your love, meditating on your love, being susceptible to your love. And out of the overflow of that, Lord, let us be love to our family members. Holy Spirit, I thank you 
for the Word of God. And I thank you for bringing things to light in our hearts and in our minds. And also we thank you that we are not only hearers of that word, but Lord, we commit today to be doers of the word and to build our families strong. In Jesus' name.